Man Talk Around the Watering Hole is brought to you by the Patriarchy. Ladies, leave the room, start some dinner, and allow the conspiracy to continue. Welcome to Man Talk Around the Watering Hole. I'm your host, Pat Vermagnuson. With me, as always, is Chuck Thomas. Hey there, fellas. And uh, our last episode was so long about the list of conflations that leftists like to make that we're having to do another episode based on on this alone because this is such a big issue. This is this is this is integral to many, if not most, of their arguments. Probably, probably nearly all their arguments. Uh, it is something that, once again, we're trying to teach you so that way if you can shut it down, then you can shut down 80% of, of their, uh, the thrust of their attack, let's, let's call it. But, um, you know, uh, they, they do it all the time. And they, they do, they've, so far they've shown a will to do it with just about everything they get their hands on. I've, I've got one right here. Um... There's a meeting between Trump and a Russian, therefore Russian collusion. Boom. Yeah, yeah. A meeting between Ru- Ru- Trump and, and Russian collusion. We've also talked about uh, the supposed uh, Islam ban, the, the ban against Muslims. They, they call it the Muslim ban, even though it's, it's seven Muslim countries out of a total of 50. 50 ma- ma- majority Muslim countries in the world, and we only banned seven of them. There are four countries that we have on the state, the, the Department of State website that we have defined as perpetrators of state-sponsored uh, terrorism, and those are North Korea, which there's no travel between us and North Korea, for the most part. It's, it's almost completely nil, and, uh, and three other countries, all three of which are all out of the, in those seven. Mm-hmm. And if I remember right, it was Syria... Iraq and Sudan, mm-hmm. and uh, the other countries were Yemen, uh, Iran, and I'm forgetting somebody. Right. Basically, in other words, if this is a Muslim ban, it's the shittiest Muslim ban, the the shittiest, most watered down Muslim ban that's probably ever happened on the planet because I'm sure we're not the first country if we if we do ban Islam. We haven't been the first country to. I believe Japan has a full ban on Islam, and right now uh, Muslims are actually in concentration camps or internment camps in China. Um, the uh, uh, one of the other interesting things with that argument was people were constantly telling me that the only countries that Trump wasn't banning uh, Muslims from were countries that he had business in, and I was like, that's the dumbest fucking thing in the world. You're removing every other variable and just using one variable and saying, well, see, there's a link between these two things. Uh, Turkey is a NATO nation. We're not going to have a fucking ban in and out of it. And uh, Saudi Arabia Arabia is an ally. We have bases there. And they're an aggressive state. They do a whole bunch of awful things. But we, I, I do believe, and I think you and I have spoken about this before, that Saudi Arabia becomes a better country with partnership with the U.S. than without. Right. We're dragging them out 
of the Stone Age kicking and screaming, but we seem to at least be doing it. And uh, they, they started and, and letting that, women drive last year, so right, maybe so, not all the always a good idea, but yeah. still. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They can't uh, they can't all be zingers, right? <laughs> but um, anyways, uh, no, I mean this this list of conflations goes on, and I'm, I'm telling you these because they're they're. They're good examples. They're good searchlights, and if, the more of these these similar things you can find, uh, the better off you'll be in in argument with them. If you're engaged, if you if you have to have the displeasure of engaging in argument with a fucking leftist, but um, please, by all means, uh, you know, feel free to add to this list. Send us a, send us an email, mantalkaroundthewateringhole at gmail dot com. Um, Send us a send us a message. Send us a comment on our on our web page, or just go to our Facebook page and and tell us about some conflations that you see around you in leftists. Because believe me, when you start listing these things, I, I made this list probably in like ten minutes, uh, probably even tops, because it, it was just that easy to find all these examples of stuff like this, and you just. The more you go down the rabbit hole, the more you uncover, the more you see, and um, you you start really seeing the truth. I mean, this is this is the red pill. This is the red pill that other people talk about when they when they go Republican or when they uh, when they decide to embrace uh, conservatism after uh, liberalism failed them and betrayed them to uh, anti First Amendment scumbags and um, let's see, and pro war just douchebags but um there's a big conflation between uh an accusation and conviction and kavanaugh was a perfect example of that um it happened with uh trump as well and it's the selective outrage because right now uh there is a a very credible accusation that don lemon uh assaulted uh, another man who wasn't gay as it was uh, that is in the news right now, and there's shit. there's no liberal outrage about it. So it's no, a selective no. outrage, it and totally it's not selective. a genuine outrage. Yeah, because liberals didn't give a and flying fuck when accusations were made against Clinton. We've we've hammered on Bill Clinton. Thank God. Uh, by the way, um, I don't want to die, and uh, if I if I suddenly commit a suspicious suicide by two gunshots to the head, back of the head, please uh, please investigate that. Um, anyways, uh, we love the Clintons, by the way. But my ex has some uh, information that would lead to the uh, arrest and conviction of Hillary and Bill Clinton. Yeah, yeah, so look out for that, uh, those of you out there. Uh, but uh, another one of these conflations, once again, to get back on the uh, serious side of things, is that liberals often complate, conflate themselves personally with the people or they pretend they're the group, or maybe maybe they even conflate the people with them. Uh, let, let me just uh, clarify one thing. If you're a leftist, you are not the people. You are not a representative of the people either. I know exactly why liberals are doing this one, actually, because uh, they, um, they don't identify as a united group in any way, shape, or form. The disparate groups that make up liberals as a whole... Do not agree one iota on anything, and they show their true colors by expecting the President of the United States, Donald Trump, to be loyal to themselves per 
personally. Now, this this manifests itself in, in what liberals say to you. What do, what do they what, what do they end up saying to you? Well, they say, well, he's only out for his own personal interests, and uh, there's no doubt about it. He'll sell you down the river for a nickel, you know. And they want to they want to make it like he's going to go after you personally. I first of all, I don't think Trump is thinking about me personally. I'm not important enough to be thought about personally, and I'm glad for that, by the way. Uh, but personally, also speaking just for myself here, uh, I expect the president to have the best interests of the people at heart. I do not expect him to have my personal best interests at heart. That would be favoritism. That would be putting myself above the people. And I, I can't believe that leftists fall into that trap. They, they, they end up putting themselves above everybody else by acting like they're important or something like that, or or at putting it on you and acting like you're personally important. It's not just me. You know, when we're talking about Republicans, we're talking about conservatives, we're a united group of people, and I, I feel closer to every minority that is a conservative Republican than I've ever felt towards any anybody of a, of a, of a minority who is a liberal, first of all, but on the second tier, white liberals. So you can't accuse me of racism for that. Well, I think it's absolutely incredible. It's one of the things that really disgusts me with news anchors is you have some, some news anchor uh, interviewing a person of color. And they say, do you feel like you inspire other black children or Native American children or, or Hispanic children? And the problem that I have with that is we are largely in a post-racial uh, world. And I grew up, I was born in 1980, in, and I, we moved to Seattle in 1981. Who was my hero growing up as a baseball fan? Why, no one less than Ken Griffey Jr. on the Mariners. 1988, 89 was his first year. He had a candy bar named after him, the, only the second baseball player to have a candy bar named after him, you know, big hero. Growing up in my era, Michael Jordan, big hero. Um, one of the one of the best, I think, still the highest paid actor in the world is Samuel L. Jackson, big fucking hero. Yeah, uh, the whole point to all these is that race should neither take away nor add in any way to the people you put up on. Your given uh, given pedestal, the people you view maybe as father figures, even you know, uh, none of that should should come in, in, in into consideration, and that's you know that's part of the reason why we adopt is is because you know different races can adopt different kinds of children, and they could still grow up to lead healthy lives, hopefully, and to to be productive. People not only in society but to run well in their family, you know, especially to those families who are looking for children and can't reproduce for whatever reason. Well, I think uh, I've, I've brought it up once or twice before. I end up having a, a little bit of an email conversation back and forth, uh, a direct message conversation back and forth on Facebook with uh, Larry Elder. Uh, so, shout out to uh, Larry Elder and all the Elderados out there. So, he ended up bringing up that when he was a kid, his hero was Sandy Koufax. 
and he ended up going to a Sandy Koufax baseball camp, and I think he was the only uh, black kid in the whole group, but he got to meet Sandy Koufax and have a baseball or his glove signed or something like that. I, I uh, unfortunately don't have the conversation any longer, but it was one of those things where it was like, why, why should someone not be able to look at a, a Neil Armstrong and say, I want to be an astronaut just because they aren't white? Yeah, you know, yeah. We, we, we have to stop having heroes be racially identified. We have to have them stop be racially identified. We have to have them stop be sexually identified too, which is where all this uh, this garbage about uh, you know women being in high positions of power. Oh well, they'll, they'll inspire the other women, and you know that's that's all because this is the most interesting. None of the thing. women that started out in any industry got there without a man. Yeah, a, first, a man hired them, a man taught them, a man promoted them. Right, right. Whatever that's, the situation is, that is absolutely a, a consideration. First of all, but second, secondly, I mean, um, I don't think of pioneers as being people who followed other people. That's not a pioneer. That's not what a pioneer does. That's not what an innovator does. That's not what somebody interesting does usually. I mean, sometimes you find. You find people who followed other people, and they did. They might have done an even better job than the people they followed. Uh, those are those are exceptional exceptional people. But but generally speaking, you're not supposed to sit there and say, "Hey, now I could go to this, go into this field, or whatever whatever field you're choosing. Now I could go into this field because people who look like me are in it." No, you're supposed to you're supposed to say, "Hey, I want to go into this field. Fuck everybody else." I'm going, you know, that's, that's to me, cowboy up. that's a, yeah, cowboy up, that's a, uh, that's an innovator, that is a, that is a pioneer, and you will be respected as a pioneer for being in that field, and all the women who are pioneers in their field are fucking respected for being pioneers. They aren't respected because they're a woman, they're respected because of the quality or, of their work or their abilities, and, and it's, it's funny the the idea the it's one of the false ideas of feminism. Uh, women complete uh, conflate the uh, the the gender of that person with their abilities, and they have nothing to do with each other. Right. The uh, the the whole idea that you can't have a a mentor who doesn't appear as you do is foolish and destructive, and is an awful awful thing. Now, granted, uh, I have to have basketball players who are black as an idol if I want to idolize black basketball players because uh, Larry Bird's been retired for a long time. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's not <laughs> a lot of white guys in that industry any longer. Thin picking. And if you're Jew, it's even worse. Right. Right. Uh, no no one's ever ever been like, oh, and a fucking dunk from Leibowitz. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's exactly what you'd say. And, and unfortunately, you know, that's, uh, you know... Talk it, call it racism if you want to, but it's true. You you pick a Jew, you pick a black guy, you you choose between which one of them can duck. I'm telling you, probably a hundred percent of the people are picking the black guy, even the short black guy. Yeah, yeah. But uh, another thing they conflate is good intentions with good outcomes. This is probably the starkest contrast on this list because the outcomes liberals create are not good at all. Uh, but the intentions were good, right? You know, that's that's 
probably what they would rejoin you with. The intention. It's the intention that counts. Well, it's not if it's not getting good results. And if you keep getting those same bad outcomes, I have to start questioning even your intentions. Like with communism. It keeps breaking down into tyrannies in which millions starve and die, and yet people keep advocating for it. And if you're speaking about black politicians and race hustlers like Elijah Cummings, Al Sharpton, and Jesse Jackson, I couldn't even say they had good intentions when I was liberal. You can guess how I feel about them right now. I'm not a Jesse Jackson fan. I think he's a bad actor. But he still looks like a very good human being next to Al Sharpton. Al Sharpton is awful. Al Sharpton led to riots that got people murdered. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just garbage. I mean, talk about charlatans. I think if blacks really got together and and took up the mantle of personal responsibility and accountability and kicked these assholes to the curb, they'd be... Infinitely better. They would they would do so much better off in this country, and it would be it would be a wonderful thing because I'd I'd be celebrating that. I certainly want them to do better, um, but but you know that's that that's just me. And, and we don't want them to do better at our expense. Sure, sure. Uh, yeah, exactly. I mean, it, you don't you don't have to. Be at my expense to do better, though. There's, it's it's not a zero. But that's sum. that uh, precisely correct, and that's one of the problems that a lot of people have. Where you know the thing that I donate, the charity that I give, which might be my time or my my expertise. Look at this fucking cat. Yeah. Jesus. Um, <laughs> the the mentorship that you give someone may not have a tangible price attached to it, but it might be the difference between someone. Getting into oh yeah, them's is some unhappy cats. Are bitches. Another way I think we we put this is, uh, you know, I want you to have a pie. I don't want you to take my slice of pie in order for you to get it. I want you to bake your own pie, Chuck. The the pie recipe I'll give to you. I will show you how to get the pieces together. I will show you how to make the pie and bake the pie. But I don't want to give you a pie. So this is this is the foreign concept that that unfortunately I think has happened with uh with uh unfortunately black Americans and and them being numb to democratic uh condescension and and um uh I, I call it both condescension and and Patronizingness, but I think they're both the same thing. But this is this is the democratic condescension that, unfortunately, I think that you're um, you're numb to at this point, where they're not going to treat the, these. What we what we just talked about here with this pie analogy is an adult treating another adult like an adult. Okay, I and have an expectation of adults. Right. So I mean it's that's that's exactly what it boils down to and to me there's there's no better respect you can give to another person human to human than to say i'm an adult you're an adult i'm going to treat you like an adult i'm going to put you in responsibility like an adult 
I trust you to do the adult things you need to do to get this, sh- to, to get whatever done, you know, whatever task you're assigned or whatever it happens to be. Oh, you, you got to get a job. Be an adult, you know. Which is a Go. great argument, I think, against the uh, uh, social security system itself. Because if I teach you how to invest and, and spend money on your own, you know, and, and there's a couple different problems here. One, I don't trust the government with my money. And I think that that's borne out to be a pretty accurate assumption that they're going to steal from you. Yes. Since they've drained the social security system multiple times. Mm-hmm. And, and don't pay it back appropriately. So if you invest just at a pretty basic rate, you should make about three times as much back um, over the years. And that's a massive difference when you retire between maybe, maybe making $3,000 a month. That's the numbers I've seen off of a, a median income. About $3,000 a month in your retirement versus $9,000 a month in your retirement. You know, the, the difference between maybe you retire and you have only 3000 a month, but you own your home. Yeah. And you and you have a system set up for health care, you know, whatever the case is. You are going to have skin in the game. Therefore, you are going to make better individual decisions. And the fact is, you know, as a married couple, you're going to make different decisions than as a single person. Maybe you have a sibling. So now we're talking almost at single people. Yeah, but you live with your sibling or your best friend into retirement and and old age. Or you actually get along with your family because you're not an asshole. My parents don't fit into that category. (laughs) So, you know, like there was no way that we would have moved any of my grandparents in with us because they were all difficult. My, my, uh, My mother's mother moved in with my aunt. And my aunt took care of her for the last several years of her life. My aunt was also single and a nurse. Um, You know, like, all of those little differences in life really matter. And if I'm 65 and I retire, but my, my kids and my grandkids live with me, I don't need the same system. But it would have been nice if I'd had more control over my own system. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe that money goes towards me taking care of kids and grandkids. And, and having a little bit larger house, so it's a multi-generational house. Mm-hmm. You know, all of these things are things I want individuals to have control of, and I don't want the government to be dictating it. Right, right. Exactly. I mean, a, a big, uh, big key word for this episode is control, and how much you're willing to give to the government. As, especially since the more control you give, the more of your independence you give, the more of your autonomy that you give, the more even of, I think, your your individual personal self, even your soul, there are all these things you give them more of, the more control you give them. But um, another thing they commonly conflate leftists is uh, racism with everything that's not racist. Uh, let's go through a few things that aren't racist here. Just to trying clarify. to apply racism to, to religion. Yeah, let's let's just uh, all right. Let's 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 move through it here. Numbers aren't racist. Statistics aren't racist. Facts aren't racist. The truth isn't racist. Donald Trump isn't a racist. Your neighbor isn't racist. Your Republican parents aren't racist. Republicans themselves aren't racist. 
fuck, this list of things that aren't even racist could go on forever. You assholes have drained the word of its meaning with all the overuse that you put it through. The, the incredible amount of overuse. And then you get to actual racists. What, what are they to mind if you call them a racist? You just, you just called, you know, the 12 other things before them racist, you know? It's lost all power to the word, and, and that's a shame. That's not, a, that's not a, a, to benefit anybody, except for the actual racist. Right, but, right. But the fact of the matter is, you know, well, we've, made, we've brought this point up before. You know, people talk about the KKK. During the 20s, when the U.S. population was barely a third of what it is right now, I think it was about 125 million people, 6 million men in the United States were in the KKK. Mm-hmm. Right now, it's between three and 6,000. You can't fill a stadium with all of the KKK. Yeah. So stop giving a fuck about it. They're a footnote in history right now. And, and, and even more importantly, they're not connected. And one, of the, one of the things I meant to mention in our last episode is uh, uh, people on the left often conflate religious groups. And, and want to say that they want to act as if every Christian is representative of Christianity. Mm-hmm. And there's a wide swath of, of different Christian groups. Mm-hmm. But the one that's the most relevant to this argument is the, the, uh, the Westboro Baptist. Mm-hmm. And the amount of times I have heard leftists Make an argument. Well, see, this is what Christians are like. I think at their peak, there were 68 people in the Westboro Baptist ministry. Yeah, yeah. 68 people. But you can't even. So we were talking about the KKK can't even come close to filling a stadium. The, the Westboro Baptists can barely fill up two classrooms, they couldn't fill up a lecture hall. Why do you give a fuck who they are? Right, right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, only only insofar as it uh, it serves our argument, but more on this conflating uh, racism with everything, and what I've named before as the uh, leftist uh, racist Tourette syndrome that they have. I'd like to bring up also that uh, all of Christianity condemns the Westboro Baptist, and that's not seen on the left. In comparison, there there are no leftist groups that condemn leftist groups. Right, that has to be that absolutely has to be noted. Uh, they, they don't con- condemn left. Yeah, they don't condemn leftist groups. They they condemn individual leftism, which which uh, which um, which comes out as them eating their own. Right, so they're gonna they're gonna go after um, uh, Al Franken once they realize it's cool. Uh, unfortunately, it'll never be cool, apparently, to go after the Clintons, right? Yeah. So, anyway, yeah, I, I think, unfortunately, fellow conservatives, my message to you is uh, we're just going to have to give up on this one. These, these guys are just too too powerful, a couple of assholes, and, you know, uh, anyways, anyways. The uh, Jeffrey Epstein thing, man, we had so much hope on that as maybe cutting a little chunk out of these these awful elitist. Yeah. And, and not even necessarily, I wouldn't even have cared if it had gotten the Clintons. 
It, I, I wouldn't have cared if it didn't get the Clintons. I should put it that way. It'd be great if it got the Clintons. But, you know, whoever is part of it, if we can just take those handful of people out of circulation, world's a better place. Yeah, absolutely, 100%. Uh, but, but once again, ra- the racist Tourette syndrome and the racist Democrats see everywhere is, I think, acts, uh, all of them are individual acts of projection of their own virulent and very real racism. I'm just going to... Now, if you, if you need proof that Democrats are racist, or th- that Democrats are racist, affirmative action... That is, you, you don't have to look anywhere further than affirmative action. As a matter of fact, affirmative action is literally systemic racism. Okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spoiler alert, it's racism. It's basing college admissions on race. It is racism. It may be racist against groups that you are okay with being racist against because... You're selectively okay and not okay about racism. By the way, you're a total asshole if you do that. But it's still fucking racism. It, it truly is. It's, it's one of the most awful things I've seen from a supposedly civilized civilization. Where you're, where you're arguing about making a racist policy to fight racism. Yeah. yeah. And, and the irony of it, and this goes right back to your point earlier... Direct evidence shows that equal opportunity employment is not advantageous and does not level the playing field. And one of the great examples that I've talked about working in the, uh, in the government construction field, uh, we have to give priority to minority-owned businesses. And those businesses, like you can have a, a woman who is the owner of the business... And we have to give her a priority, but she's the owner in name only, where she's the owner and there's her husband running the business. But they get priority. They've worked around the system. But you can't make that not work that way, other than getting rid of that type of system in entirety and just going with the best company. And the fact of the matter is, you know, smaller companies will try and, and underbid larger companies. And larger companies try to work off of their, uh, their uh, uh, prestige, their history. That's the, that's the way the game works. The new contractor, which my city just uh, took a very small contractor to do uh, an overlay of a road, and they're making it happen, but they, they underbid because they're the underdog. That's where we give the underdog the opportunity is they came in and they underbid the big companies. Mm-hmm. Now they have an opportunity to come in, make a shit ton of money. They probably don't make as much. Uh, their staff and their management probably doesn't make as much money as these larger companies. And they're able to provide for all of these employees because they underbid a larger great free market that is the free market working effectively and we didn't need equal opportunity employment to do it yeah yeah because if it's construction i guarantee you there are mexicans there working harder than white people and i i will i will absolutely agree with that but there are tons of white guys working their fucking balls off 
And I'll, and I'll tell you, as someone who's like semi-ginger, to be working in construction during the summer and not burn to a crisp, that is, that is dedication. Especially when you are burning and just staying alive from day to day because of Gatorade. Yeah, yeah. Indeed. Liberal quantities of aloe. Ugh, man. <laughs> You're making me glad I'm not in construction. I love what I do, but I'm glad I'm an inspector or a designer because, uh, um, and, and you know, that was part of the, my interview process. My, my boss said we had a maintenance team, and he's, he was trying to feel out during my interview what I thought of them. I said, well, you know, if I could do their job, you wouldn't need to hire them in the first place. They're doing something I am not doing, cannot do, or won't do, one way or the other. I have a skill set they don't have. They have a skill set that I don't have. That is why you have them. And, and I get along with these guys very well. I'm not pretentious, I would like to think. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you a funny story yesterday. Um, we were, uh, we had a meeting and there were cookies and I had to bust out and go to a different meeting in a different city. And we had a woman, a woman of color, at the, uh, at the police counter and she has a little girl, probably three years old, little black girl. And I could tell this is the, the, the sitcom sassy little black girl. And I said, you know, I'm gonna give this kid a cookie. And I thought about asking the mother if I could give her a cookie first. But then I thought of myself in the Dungeons and Dragons system of chaotic good. And it's like, I'm gonna give this cute little kid a cookie but I'm not going to tell her mom because I'm going to enjoy when her mom's like, where the fuck did this cookie come from? So I kind of get this kid's attention. And she does like the sassy black girl when I get her attention with the cookie. Like she does the whole like kind of head head on a, a, a slinky type of thing. I got her attention quick. Hand her the cookie. Successful handoff. High five. And then I just walk away into the shadows. And I come back around, and uh, a few minutes later, and the little girl goes, that man! And uh, the mother's like, turns real quick, and she's like, I was trying to figure out where the hell this cookie came from. And I just found some great entertainment value out of the consternation that this woman had. (laughs) Yeah, nice. This has been a Watering Hole production. No unicorns were hurt during the recording of this production. Some feelings were, but... That's okay, because they're about as real as those unicorns. For memes and bonus content, join us at facebook.com slash mtatwh. These are the gentlemen of Man Talk, signing off. Godspeed.